0: hi everybody
1: hi hi
0: dan how are you doing
1: good how are you
0: uh, i'm good i'm in sunny california just about to take off and go into the desert
1: oh wow and, fantastic uh,
0: i guess perish there
1: uh possibly yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: just drive right out into the desert um, huh. To perish. Yeah, to perish. Um, The responsible thing to do in this day and age. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's nice and sunny and warm here. How is it where you are?
1: Uh, It is um, not too cold, but it is sort of gloomy out right now.
0: Oh, but not too cold.
1: But not too cold. I'm in Toronto.
0: Yeah, you're in Toronto. Yeah, Um, That's nice.
1: Yeah. Whenever I um, feel like I'm talking in an official capacity, I say Toronto. I say it very carefully with the second T.
0: Like the way that you have to train to say about differently on American television shows?
1: Yeah, I think I'm doing it like to somehow, I guess, not be myself.
0: (laughs) To sound like an announcer? I think that's what the people expect of us here.
1: Yes, to not be ourselves.
0: Yeah, to be inauthentic, kind of cuter, less offensive versions of ourselves.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Right? Well, that's what I'm aspiring to. It's Um, the goal. I, lis- I listen I to some old episodes again. I still find myself very shrill.
1: Ah, okay. <laughs> and, is, is are you trying to lower your register, sort of soften things a bit?
0: I'd like to, yeah. That's I'm, nice. You gotta live yeah. the brand you want to be. Yeah. And I wanna be a... Uh, well, uh, we'll
1: just see when once you get super excited about a topic, and I know you just start squeaking away.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm not gonna be able to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um uh congratulations on being nominated for a Canadian Screen Award.
1: Oh wow! Thank you, and <laughs> and to you, congratulations oh, on being nominated for a Canadian Screen Award. Thank
0: you, thank you. It's my first nomination. Yeah, um, yeah. long time well, listener. I guess
1: podcast is over.
0: <laughs> we, uh, to be clear, we did not get nominated for this podcast. No. Can you get nominated for a podcast?
1: Um. Well, we'll find out because if you if ever a podcast were to be nominated, it would be this one.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um. And if yeah. you hear weird noises in the background, that's just a coffee maker.
1: Yeah, and if you hear uh weird noises in the background for me that's just maybe my humidifier oh yeah
0: oh it's a dry winter in Toronto
1: it is yeah
0: yeah that's good for your sinuses thank you um what's making you feel hopeful want to do that now
1: yeah I got a couple answers Great. um
0: I had a couple as well
1: I'm gonna take a second swing uh we did a we did a version of this that didn't make it to air but uh I want to talk about the the um, The Irish election. Are you familiar with this?
0: Um, Yes, somewhat. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I still don't entirely understand what's happening.
1: So there was a recent uh, federal election in Ireland and Ireland since like the 30s has been sort of bouncing back and forth between, you know, the equivalent of like the PCs and liberals in Canada, just like uh, or the Tories and labor, just like the sort of like kind of to one sort of right wing, one sort of left wing, but mostly kind of center. Mm-hmm. Um and in this recent election, uh the Sinn Fein party, um which is extremely left wing, uh came almost like almost won it basically. They lost by one seat. Yeah. Um and it was uh pretty phenomenal. just sort of one of those like you know, totally off the radar. Um, uh, media didn't predict it. Kind of um, groundswells of like just people actually voting for what they care about, and,
0: uh, and yeah, and Sinn Fein just so
1: wonderful to see.
0: Sinn Fein was like friends with the IRA and separated um, themselves from that distance themselves yeah
1: they like i think they kind of were the ira yeah uh, right
0: <laughs> yeah in okay, like so the this, 70s so this is interesting also i don't but know enough about I, irish po- politics to understand what they've become i mean i guess yeah there were there are parties in canada still that were associated with terrorism
1: yeah exactly like um you know there was there there was some activities a long time ago in terms of with their name on it, right? Um, but now uh, they're like the a troubles. Party that, the
0: troubles are over.
1: The troubles are over. Yeah. Um, uh, and they're looking at possibly uh, reunifying Ireland right now, and and so um, oh things are very exciting. Yeah.
0: Um, I I recently saw that Don McKellar movie last night. Okay. All right. I think yes, I from the nineties. I don't know if I brought it up. I saw it before I left Toronto, and uh, it's about like the the apocalypse, and it's like the last night on Earth. Um, and one of one of the things that happens in it is like Bob Martin's uh, newscaster, and this is just in the background of some scene, but they list off like all the new countries that have formed, like everyone just okay, yes, sort of released themselves from politics, including right. uh, Yaskera, Yoskerea which is the Basque countries, my partner's Mm. Basque. So I heard it really quietly in the background and it's like, you know, Scotland is independent, the the Basques have their own country. And I was like, why can't we just do that? I know the answer is much more complicated than
1: that. (laughs) right?
0: But I like this sort of notion of like, well, uh, politics don't matter anymore, the world's about to end, so everyone can have their own countries now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. We can do all the things we've been trying to do.
0: Yeah, or just like, what's the point in arguing? (laughs) <laughs> something yeah kind of, something kind of nice in <laughs> yeah, that right. feeling right uh, yeah it's just uh, there are, if there aren't going to be any repercussions then let's just do this
1: yeah um and my other one my other answer was I went to the um there was a march f- in mm. support of the Wet'suwet'en uh cross-country rail protest that's going on currently yeah um for anyone living under a rock uh the there's a um, the RCMP have invaded the unceded territory of the Wet'suwet'en in BC yep. uh, in attempts to evict them for so that they can use the land for the coastal gasoline pipeline. Um, I mean, anyone living
0: under a rock or living in the United States where no one's talked about this.
1: But it is getting international it attention.
0: Is. It is, but I'm, I'm not like hearing like a UN lot about it. Is down stepping here.
1: in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I bet you there's uh, an article yeah. in the American News. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah yeah, the New York Times is covering it. It's just like yeah. as if you turn on the TV, it's not what's popping up. And in Canada, one would imagine it is what's popping up.
1: Oh yes, it's yeah. it's everything, yeah. Um and so there was a march yesterday on Family Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, President's and, Day. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um it was it was huge. Uh it was great. Um, we walked from Christie pits to Queens park,
0: Amazing. um,
1: all along Bloor and then down Bay and around. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really positive and, um, really well attended. And, uh, and it was a great feeling. I, I, um, I actually kind of wanted to sort of segue it into a discussion on our personal relationship with activism.
0: Oh yeah. Um, we mean to talk yeah. about that. Um, that's interesting. Well, okay. I was, this, I had two, and one of them was the protests um, okay, that yeah. I'm just watching from afar. And and what's interesting is so last week we recorded and it didn't work out. We're not going to be able to use that. So we have, sorry. We now have, a, yeah, sorry. We have like a sort of apocryphal missing episode that just didn't work out. <laughs> That's all right. But, That's all right. I, it's very good for our mythology as a podcast. Um, yes. But uh, in that one, we brought up some of the, the um, the beginnings of the protest and it didn't feel particularly hopeful and good a week ago. So it's it just felt like the the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are going to get away with this and it's very, very scary things are going on um, as far as human rights are concerned. Uh, but watching the country rise up in the way it did in Vancouver, there's uh, I think still like there's a, there's an intersection that's just been held for days and days in right. downtown yeah. and mm-hmm. It's so often. I mean, it's interesting that it's related to the environment, but it's so often that First Nations issues aren't taken seriously and aren't cared about by the country. So it it, yes. is, it is nice to see this much mobilization. But how do you feel about activism?
1: Well, I was just um, noticing how I I, I often tend to, ha- to keep it as a kind of private affair. Like I I would say that I have gone to more marches alone than with friends by by a large margin. Right. And um, I just wondered, I, I just feel like you would have an interesting perspective on that and whether, <laughs> whether I'm doing it right. You
0: well, know? oh gosh. I, I mean, honestly, I think you're more engaged than I am. I, I have a, a, a long ago background in activism. One of the things that I found funny was like in the United States, um, activism was considered like an in, like a bad word for some reason. And it mm-hmm. just made no sense to me growing up in like, the pinko north, um, or the parts of the north that are pinko. But uh, I, I think this came up in a conversation we had on another episode with Hazel Belkowski because she was involved in a lot of activism, too. One of the things she said was that she had transitioned away from it, because she just felt like all it is, is a, a series of fights. And, and huh. she personally had. It wasn't like disparaging the people who were still doing it, but she said for her that that wasn't going to be her way to make change anymore, um, mm. and that, that that a lot of healing was required, and that's maybe how she would fit in, which I mm. found really interesting. But to me, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I question what some things, I question what certain actions do accomplish, but I do think that, a it feels really good as a person doing it to be like i have a concern about something and i can make my voice known now not go through the sort of milky channels of um like politics and government which seems like you, you make a phone call you write a letter which is all good but like where does it go and what happens i certainly feel like our current prime minister won't look at all these protests and not care yes and so you can see sort of a A direct relationship
1: yeah yeah and what i like about um what i like about marches uh is because it it is kind of like an instant referendum kind it's Mm -hmm. like let's take uh let's let's take the pulse on who is really um who's really feels affected by this yeah by whatever issue and uh and so i really enjoy um i've often said this like in therapy where i I feel like i'd be a good soldier (laughs) like it's kind of a weird like militaristic
0: i think you would be a good soldier (laughs)
1: yeah it's like it's like a disappointing militaristic perspective uh like terminology for it but i'm just good at like taking orders
0: yeah just good at at being a warm body in the room
1: (laughs) yeah and so like that is kind of how i feel about activism like i like i'm not a big chanter like i don't like to chant
0: do you make a placard but no oh and wanted, that's that's
1: probably there. out of laziness no it isn't it's about that's about committing to a statement i can't commit to a statement i can just stand up and be counted
0: right but the statements can be just fun puns dan
1: it's true it's true (laughs) i mean yeah and this is why i'm asking for your help i don't think
0: making a placard makes you a better activist (laughs) it's just honestly (laughs) i'm not
1: trying to be i'm not trying to be a better one i'm just looking for i'm just looking for thoughts on it
0: (laughs) some structure to your activism well (laughs) i mean you know there's a there's a range of things you can do right down to terrorism um so- <laughs> well when i was involved in like environment now
1: we're definitely not getting a canadian screen over for
0: this <laughs> well i'm not condoning terrorism but um you know when i was involved in environmental activism this is interesting with the sort of ira Sinn fein stuff this is certainly microcosmic in <laughs> relation to that but you know like we were doing blockades on logging roads and stuff like that but there were people associated with the same cause who were like putting spikes on roads and yes putting stuff in gas tanks and things like that and and i'm i've I've never for the record um, i understand the frustration that brings a person to those sorts of actions but i've never felt that they were particularly useful and i i just feel like it's wasteful and dangerous so let let me just say that
1: yeah when i was when i was involved in the occupy protests, you get a lot of you saw a lot of that of like i'm here and everybody's here and i don't i certainly don't agree with everybody but like part of this is about letting everyone in. It's like very kind of complicated.
0: Well, yeah. And and I think I think we brought this up on another episode or maybe it was the deleted one, but the basis of unity stuff. So when you- We
1: should always talk about the deleted one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, think it might've been the deleted one.
0: Uh, it was really amazing and we're not going to release it. <laughs> Everything lives better in myth. Um, but the so basis of unity is like you come together and there can be like- um, Environmental groups, there can be there can be um, groups representing lo- loggers and their employers, there could be First Nations and all sorts of different um, governmental groups. But if the goal is, say, back in the day, like we want to protect this tract of untouched forest, that's what we talk about. We don't talk about any of the other stuff, because anything mm-hmm. else, because there's so many ways in which we don't agree and we need to all come together and agree to make this happen. Now, in the case of the Wet'suwet'en, I don't think that there's a lot of well I hope there aren't a lot of people who think that this is just cool. I mean I guess there are. Like sorry, think that the RCMP dragging them off their land is all right. I well, mean,
1: it's I, not that it's not that anyone thinks that the RCMP is right, it's that they think the Wet'suwet'en are wrong. That's the that's the general right-wing right. conclusion.
0: Oh yeah, and our oh gosh, the and Andrew Shear, so he is the former leader of the more right-wing party. Just told all these protesters to check their privilege. Oh my
1: god! Did you? Oh right, I did see. I did see series of tweets. It was like, yeah, we should check our privilege when we don't have clean drinking water, and like, yeah,
0: yeah. But he was saying like, oh, if you have time to protest all day, you should check your privilege. This is like, an affluent, affluent white man who just poutily got kicked out of the leadership of his party for being a big milk guzzling doofus. (laughs) (laughs) If I may. Actually, I thought about Andrew Shear when that happened. It was right after the Oscars, and I was like, "I want to watch Andrew Shear chug a pint of milk in front of Joaquin Phoenix." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the fate I wish upon. Give that a big gold trophy. Yeah, Um, punch him, Joaquin.
1: (laughs) What's your second one? Did you have a second answer?
0: Yeah, my second one is um, so. This one, this one came at me uh, on my birthday. Oh no, battery low. Okay. Um, we can do it we can do it yeah no the battery's low on my computer it'll be fine oh uh so on valentine's day my 42nd birthday
1: wow uh, happy birthday thank
0: you the big four two
1: the big four (laughs) two uh
0: nasa released uh like digitally remastered image of the the pale blue dot image do you know about that
1: um, well, I know the phrase, but I don't know there was a specific image.
0: Yeah. So this is attached to the Voyager spaceship. Um, okay. When the Voyager spaceship went and took pictures of all the outer planets, the gas giants in our solar system. And then, um, and this was uh, Carl Sagan was involved in the decision. To before they shut off the cameras, because now Voyager's just out there, I guess, looking for aliens with some like drawings of naked people on it,
1: and like a a, a record, of, an LP yeah. of Bach.
0: Yeah, there's like a g- gold plate with two naked humans. One of my, the fun tidbits about that was like they, there was a lot of discussion over like what to make. There's a penis on the man, but on the woman, it's like, well, should we make folds in her Mons, <laughs> her Mons pubis? <laughs> anyway, folds one, I believe. They were like, she's not going to be genderless or genital-less Anyway, so as it got to a point where Voyager wasn't going to be able to send pictures back anymore um, Carl Sagan pushed to turn the cameras back towards Earth And at this point, uh, it was, I don't know, a billion miles away Something ludicrous, I don't know how also they did that I don't know how a spaceship works, is basically what I'm saying. But uh, Yeah,
1: I don't know how spaceship works.
0: I don't know how a spaceship works. Okay, I don't know how far, far away it was, but um it inspired this piece of writing from Carl Sagan's nineteen ninety-four book called Pale Blue Dot. Um oh anyway, so it's a picture back at Earth. What you see is like three solar rays, um, kind of messing with the camera in some way and in the midst of one of them is a pale blue dot and that's earth and it's it occupies what at the time for digital photography was less than a pixel and that's mm. us and here's the writing from his book look again at that dot that's here that's home that's us on it everyone you love everyone you know everyone you've ever heard of every human being who ever was lived out their lives the aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every cre- every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. And, um, I don't, it's, it's a very big kind of hope, but the first time I think on, what was the name of Carl Sagan's television show? Uh, Cosmos. Cosmos. The first time I heard that quote, I like wept. It's intense. Mm -hmm. Anyway. It is. I don't really know what to do with that or make of it, but this re-release kind of right now of the image, and it's in better definition than it ever has been, I was like, I just, I hope a message like his can get through to us (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's a good one. And and looking at that image where you can't even see us always does really affect me. Yeah. And I guess that's it. (laughs) I think that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, NASA. That was a good 40-second birthday present.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now on to the rest of the 20 seconds of this minute. Great. (laughs) That's you on your birthday.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait, what?
1: You had the great 40 seconds, and then you had to suffer out the rest of that minute.
0: I said 40 seconds.
1: 40 seconds. (laughs) What? I thought it took you 40 seconds to like (laughs) experience the
0: birthday (laughs) present. I have a whole 24 hours, NASA. (laughs) You have rocket ships. Do something cool. Yeah. NASA's always. The rest of the day. NASA's sending out a press release every day. I know this from writing news based comedy. So this one really got me. There's there's a lot of extra nonsense that doesn't make any you can't use for comedy. (laughs) NASA, that's my note to you. (laughs) <laughs> stop setting out stuff that's not funny it does it's hard to explain to people so you can't write a joke about it
1: <laughs> well i certainly can't top that so i think that but you already said is yours. Great.
0: yeah okay great i'm well, just saying
1: what i'm trying to say is yours is great
0: well we're tiny and insignificant and um a left-wing party almost won the irish election <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's the summation it. uh This week, I sat down for a really cool chat with my friend, Tony Mendoza, here in Los Angeles. Oh, excellent. We're going to listen to that next. Yeah, he's our first American.
1: Oh, exciting.
0: He has some fun perspectives.
1: (laughs) Cool. And I'll talk to you next week.
0: Yeah, congratulations on your Canadian Screen Award nomination. Oh, and same to you. (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Hey, everyone. Uh, we're here in sunny Los Angeles recording with my friend Tony Mendoza. Hi, Tony.
2: Hi, Becky. How are you?
0: Uh, good. And we're also here with.
2: This is Pamook. She's my cat, one of my cats.
0: What she got to say? No. Oh. Okay. She's spoiled. She's a spoiled little girl. Tony, let's get back to you. <laughs> sure. Um I start I like to start by asking how how do you define yourself? Who are you? Introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank you. What do you like? What I do you I should have prepped for this. I am
2: a currently a uh, civilian, an American civilian. And Oh,
0: not in the military?
2: I'm not in the mi- no. Okay. Not in the military. Great. Uh I support the, the troops and all that I oh, suppose, you great. know. Uh <laughs> actually anyway um <laughs> all right yeah so i mean for work i work on uh commercials and tv shows as a script supervisor um in the past i've been <laughs> okay. a writer this
0: is very good the cat gets really good
2: yeah pamooks all tangled oh up my in your business here. okay there
0: we go tangled up in my headphones that was very cute but now she's on my lap
2: but <laughs> uh, yeah i've done I, I come from the chicago world of improv that's and I used to be a radio disc jockey in the desert in the <gasps> 90s. I
0: forgot about that. <laughs>
2: yep, Yeah. I was a bike messenger. So, um, yeah. But no, you've never heard of me. I current My current project is- I a have. Thing, you have heard of me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of you.
0: Good. Because I'm in mean, your home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad.
2: But my current project is called The Complete Waste of Your Time and Money. And that will be coming out season two. We're calling it on YouTube. Um, It is season two. This year, yeah.
0: That's a good thing to call it then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to call it season two.
0: Um, And what's that?
2: Oh, that is a thing that me and my friend Linda do. Um, It's I would call it absurdist um, existential ennui disguised as comedy. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's
0: a brilliant elevator pitch.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) my cat she's trying to mess with the levels she loves the zoom recorder and she really (laughs) likes these headphones um okay so how how have you been lately how is you moved to los angeles about a year ago
2: yeah a a year and a half ago moved to la they say the first year is like the hardest was it for you
0: well, I, I guess, was back and I forth
2: in Chicago. Um, it, I mean, I will say, yeah, like there's this wonderful thing that happens when you move here. And it's, you know, it's wonderful because it's coming from Chicago, et cetera. It's just, it's a beautiful day every day. It's kind of the same day every day. Um, there are things to do all like within an hour. You can find desert, you can find mountains, you can find the ocean, Um. So it's enchanting, right? And yeah. that's the allure. I mean, it is. It's the California thing. And um, But then, you know, like you have to pay rent, and rent is, you know, twice as much, or whatever you're doing, oh, yeah. I'm Chicago a renter. Oh,
0: Chicago is um,
2: affordable. Chicago's affordable? Yeah. Yeah, it's very affordable. Toronto and you get is space. Not. Toronto's not.
0: Oh, gosh, not? no. It's gotten horrifying.
2: Is that right? Yeah,
0: since last you visited. I mean, I've been in a place for... Thirteen years, so we're doing it. We're one of those now. Yeah,
2: right. The kids,
0: the kids are struggling. Yeah, they're suffering.
2: I think it's. Yeah, I feel like it's getting to be that way, you know, kind of everywhere. I think it's a sign of the times. (laughs) Or
0: well put. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Sign of the times, or well,
2: yeah, it is. Yeah, I feel like it is a frightening. I feel like we're living in these strange, frightening times
0: it's weird that real estate prices are going up when the world is ending yeah <laughs> right yeah um yeah we should be able to get a deal <laughs> yeah why why are penthouses in miami still so expensive we know it's going to be underwater soon yeah um you know but back to this sort of sunny la yeah vibe my buddy brendan who was interviewed on the last episode said this off off screen <laughs> Yeah. Off recording. Off mic. Yeah. Off mic afterwards. Off the record. He had said off the record. So I'm betraying betraying his trust. <laughs> he said that like there's this there's this feeling in LA with its seasonlessness. Yeah. That it can feel like one long summer that can last for like thirty years and you're like, Oh no, I'm sixty. <laughs>
2: it's true. Yeah, no, you do. You lose track of time out here. And I've heard heard people say that and it's true. Like yeah. the seasonal whatever is Lack of seasons is yeah, it does a number on your and like like I said earlier, like every day is the same day. It is kind of a groundhog day thing where Ugh, you know.
0: That just made me feel a bit scared in my stomach. <laughs> and you're a you're a seasons boy from way back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised in Chicago. Born and raised area. in seasons. In seasons, yeah. Yeah, and I quite like them. Fall especially. So um
0: Yeah, fall here is. Um, pine cones falling on my car every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there are leaves. I will say the winter in LA, the leaves do fall or whatever. So, (laughs) you know, there's that. The palm
0: fronds hit you in the head. Yeah,
2: palm fronds. That's a thing. They're
0: huge. Um, Tony, you're... You're this podcast's first American interview.
2: Thank you, thank you. I'm very proud. I'm wearing my red hat and everything.
0: Yeah, it's a big red <laughs> cat in the hat hat.
2: Yeah, it's like a, I'm trying to do the Jimmeriquai thing. Bring that back.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, absolutely. I remember him. Uh, virtual so. insanity, just sliding around in that room on the in the video. It was great.
2: I heard scrunchies are back, so I'm trying to bring back the uh, like brands like fucking Groovin. And
0: Ooh, I don't remember that one.
2: I think it was a play on Farfick Nugent. Remember that? <gasps> the Volkswagen ad campaign <laughs>
0: from we're,
2: 1990.
0: We're absolutely pinpointing our ages, if anyone cares to research.
2: So I am I am unapologetically middle-aged, uh, Gen X, all that, American. Yeah.
0: You're that. You're all of it. <laughs> I'm all the stuff. I'm yeah. reality bites. I'm reality bites. Gen X American.
2: As a person.
0: Um, So... <laughs> so on on this podcast, so far, we've spoken to Canadians um yes. we're we're all dealing with a lot of angst, the question of hope, and we can expand that also to be just like thinking of the future forward motion how do we do that in any positive manner? Can you answer it for all Americans?
2: Oh yeah, I can definitely speak for the u s of a or just speak for yourself you know with here in one sentence. thank you uh. Hope, no. Hope, 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 hope. You got to have it. I feel like here's what I feel like. I feel like I've always had hope just as a human. You have to. I think it helps at least. And I feel that it used to come naturally. And now, and I don't know if this is a combination of the sign of the times and middle age, but I feel like now I have to like work. Hope is work, you know? It's like exercise. It's, it's like it's a thing that's good for you and you need it, but like now I have to like search for it and find find it in my day, you know.
0: <laughs> okay. So when you say you've always had hope, this has not come up so far on the podcast. So how and yeah. I, I've always assumed that Americans were more hopeful than Canadians because <sighs> well, there's the American dream. Yeah, this right, exactly,
2: that whole thing. I don't know what
0: they, we have in Canada, an outsider would have to tell me.
2: Yeah, I would like to know what, what's the Canadian dream.
0: Protestant work ethic? <laughs> I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, to me it sounds like, I always go for like food or whatever, it sounds like, oh, poutine and um, maple syrup. Chill. Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, or something. Right. Um, but
0: so like... I want to hear about hope coming easily to you when you were younger. First,
2: well, so yes, I had I had a I had an up, a middle class upbringing in suburban Chicago. My dad was a, a Spanish teacher, and my mom kind of did admin work. And you know, we did okay or whatever. Mm-hmm. wasn't rich, wasn't started in apartments and worked our way up to the middle class dream. And this is in the eighties.
0: Oh, that's that's it. That's that's a wonderful American yeah story.
2: Yeah, so I, I grew up. With that, it's nice. Like, my day revolved around TV, you know? And, um, yeah, so you have this box that's playing in your house constantly, telling you, like, hey, this is cool. And so I gravitated towards, like, David Letterman or whatever. And right. I had the hope that, oh, I'll be – that's what I'll be. I'll be David Letterman when I grow up, you know? Oh. And so, you know, you, you know I started – I had a little David Letterman studio in my basement, and I had – my friend had a video camera, and he would come over, and we would make – In the 80s, these David Letterman shows. And uh, so, yeah, I always had that hope that I would, you know, do something.
0: Do you have any (laughs) of these
2: tapes? Yeah, yeah, they're painful. They're actually very painful. How
0: young were you? uh, 12. Then they're cute. Yeah. I mean, you You remember being that person, but a 12, 13-year-old doing that is cute yeah it can be
2: i i i i went through them like five or six years ago to make to compress them all into little like a uh whatever you call this reel slash reel for a music video <gasps> about the whole david letterman thing it's on the it's on what do you call it vimeo oh cool yeah
0: um we'll put uh, some links to it in
2: yeah our newsletter oh yeah sounds good <laughs> <laughs>
0: At the time of recording, I'm trying to figure out how to send a newsletter. We'll see.
2: Just stuff it in those Trader Joe's things. What? Oh, yeah. Do they have Trader Joe's in Canada? No. Okay. It's a big
0: deal. People are mad. But what's a Trader Joe's thing I can stuff something into? It's a
2: pan. They send out these like little black and white, old timey newspaper looking.
0: Oh, actual newspapers. Yeah.
2: Things that have all their deals. That
0: does sound like what I'd be doing. Like running a mimeograph and (laughs) mailing it to everybody. With
2: line art, you know. My
0: Patreon is a zine distro. But (laughs) no. Um, I love this. It's like the beginning of. Man in the Moon, right?
2: Yeah, right. Is that
0: what your childhood was like?
2: A little bit, yeah. It was goofy.
0: Were your parents supportive?
2: Yeah, they were. They let me have that little studio in the basement. I guess, and I all guess that. it wasn't
0: a secret from them,
2: right? No, the patio furniture or the guest chairs and all that, you know. So they let me do that, you know. Uh, yeah, they they did support it. There was a moment when I was like eighteen, and I was working the overnights at this gas station, and I got drunk with my friend while working at the gas station. <laughs> And he convinced me to move to the desert and be in a rock and roll band instead of going to college. And they weren't into that.
0: <laughs> it's lovely for parents to have some boundaries. But I did it. Without... I know that you didn't go to college because yeah. you've told me that before. So you yeah. moved to the desert.
2: I did a semester of <laughs> JUCO,
0: Jewish college. So yeah. <laughs> What's JUCO? Junior college.
2: <laughs> yeah, we do, here in America we take your your race or whatever, and we we turn it into a slur and then throw college at the end of it. And,
0: we, and you're not Jewish, but they
2: <laughs> no, I'm not Jewish. They had to I was let anyone counseling. let anyone in junior college, junior obviously. College. I'm yeah. so sorry,
0: <laughs> JU Call, JUCO,
2: JUCO. <laughs> no, you're right though. That's like that. That's that could be triggering. <laughs>
0: I don't. I am Jewish. I think Jew is not a swear. I've, other people believe it is now. I think that then, then the bad people win.
2: I agree with you. When, you remember when the OK sign became like, oh, that's code for white supremacy or whatever? I mean, you have to like flip it around or whatever. But I was yeah, like, yeah, I just heard about that. Don't let them have that. Keep making the OK sign. Like, They're don't so, let them. They can't that.
0: take everything. I mean, swastika's right. already got ruined, and that's sticking. But that was like in an Indian symbol. It's not fair.
2: Right. And didn't they flip it, right? Because the original symbol, they don't, because the- Well, no,
0: they're both ways. In in a lot of, as far as I know, and people can correct me, but like when I've seen old artwork, it's, they're, they kind of are spinning in both directions and there's like a balance involved, oh. but it's just a symbol that was stolen. And it's definitely yeah. absolutely too tainted now, but you can't let people have <laughs> right. everything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I had this band called "Let's Get Out of This Terrible Sandwich Shop," right? I remember, and we called ourselves Sandwich Shop, and I, and this is this is around 2006 or seven or so. So it was before, kind of before. It was during the, you know, the crest of Obama, mm-hmm. and um, I had this. We did this gag where we were gonna as Sandwich Shop retool our logo, and I did this gag where it, we took an S and another S, but they're curly S's, and we made like a curly swastika like what do you guys think of our new logo you know and like if you like it raise your hand Uh, oh i can't see with the lights lower your hand a little bit you know and that was considered funny
0: oh you did like in a live show
2: in a live setting yeah Yeah, right we took a poll like from the crowd like what do you think of our new logo you know and it was basically a curly swastika yeah but we played dumb about it because that was funny because like i think it's that stuff's right. not ever gonna come back. Isn't that funny? <laughs> those old timey Nazis. Ha, ha ha ha. Yeah,
0: it's true because it felt like it was over. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And now it's back, and that's what I maybe that's what it is. Where it's like, oh, I have to like work for that hope now. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah, all that crap didn't exist. I mean, it was it was in the
0: it was in the ground in was, the soil.
2: It was in the soil. I remember like I remember. Being a teenager, and someone had put some weird, um, you know, Nazi flyer on on a, on my car um, or my friend's car or whatever it was, like on the really? windshield wiper in
0: Chicago or in the suburbs? in
2: the suburbs, you know. And it was like it was like part of that Aryan whatever punk rock.
0: Oh yeah, thing
2: right? That shit, the that skinhead crap,
0: confusing. Yeah, right. Where some punk rockers are like so attempting to be inclusive and. <laughs> well, you would know more about this than I do Punk rockers always tell me they're inclusive Yeah, I mean, it's it's
2: right I mean Yeah, sure, sure yeah.
0: But, but some are being really lefty Trying to be like queer positive, all these things And, yeah. then, and they're mashed up against like Full on racists
2: Yeah, it was that thing like, oh, they're straight edge But they're also, like, you know and it, Yeah, or whatever Like skinheads mean a couple different things And, yeah. you know, it gets confusing I don't understand it I, yeah, I, I don't either. I And I, I have hair, so I, I'm going to keep it for as long as I can. You've
0: got a great head of hair. Well, thank you. You've done great. Thanks. And being bald is fine also.
2: Thank you. To, thank you. To everyone Because it is starting to thin, so I'm like, <laughs> It's okay. all great. But um, you also have great people. hair, too.
0: Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's everywhere. My arm hair is impressive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, good. Hang on to that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. What what were we? Uh, I feel like I'm uh, in twenty different directions. Yeah, I like it though. Well, I
0: don't know. I don't even know what to ask you next. Okay, how about how about this? Um, Do you consider your parents to be hopeful people? Um, we don't have to.
2: I would say. I mean, uh, so I lost. You know, I lost my my dad uh uh, 14 years ago, and um, he was a hopeful dude. Yeah, he was a good person. He was positive. I would say my mom is not so much. She's good. She's a good person. But I would say that the she came from very poor conditions in Iowa and, you know, baby boomer yep. stuff. And she got out of that small town and, you know, she worked. She worked to just get herself, to work herself up to a, a level of dignity, I think, that was lacking in her.
0: Wow.
2: Her poverty, government, she's childhood. Yeah. And the oldest of eight and all that, you know? Right. So she didn't really have a childhood. And and I think a lot of my mom's side of the family tends to have this kind of cynical outlook on things that's Irish Catholic slash humor, you know? Right. But it's, there's a tinge of like, uh, like there's this oppressive force making things the way it is. And it's-
0: And we must- This is
2: our lot in life. We must,
0: yeah, take on the burden. Yeah. That is life. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I would say that I would say
0: that um, she's trying. <laughs> well, th- I mean, perseverance is also something for sure. And and I don't think that hopefulness or cheerfulness is the goal. I mean, I wanted to ask about your mom and your dad just because, again, getting to share American stories, <laughs> like, and and they they really feel like people who did the American story arc. Well,
2: yeah, well, my dad was from Cuba, right? Yeah. So my dad was from Cuba and he didn't, his, you know, he has, he was a, a Peter Pan, Pedro Pan kid. Um, What's that? Steve? That was a thing in the early 60s where the US government took the children of Cuban people that wanted to get out took them first Whoa. to just kind of like save them. <laughs> so like Peter Pan and um yeah so he was separated from his folks for about a year and a half or so something like that how old was he he was like 13 yeah he was like 13 12 13 something that age yeah so he came over to this country in the early 60s and was up in like um uh the pacific northwest in washington by um cooley dam with his brother he was the younger and um yeah, and then they ended up in Iowa because for some reason it was something like the University of Iowa. It was blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. with Cuban exiles mm-hmm. and a way to – and so, um, yeah. So, he – yeah, he has an interesting – also kind of an American story. It like, feels
0: like an American story to me yeah, from my perspective.
2: Good. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, but yeah, and he was a Spanish teacher and he that's all he did. and He stayed at the same school the whole time, York High School, Elmhurst, Illinois, and people loved him. And – uh yeah, yeah. Mr. Mendoza. Gone too soon. Yeah, yeah. Senor Mendoza.
0: Senor Mendoza, I'm so sorry. How <laughs> offensive of me. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, it takes a lot of perseverance to, to do those things. And also, I mean, this is interesting stuff to think about now when immigration has become the horrifying opposite. Yeah. I mean, the Peter Pan thing sounds strange in its own way, but it yeah, it was forward moving. I mean it was it was I don't know it was, it was, it was it. anti
2: I mean it was a way to you know it was the, the complicated thing with Cuba and the word communism and yep. what that means and so I mean at that time that was Kennedy or whatever trying to um yeah it, save it, save kids from communism or whatever the red scare all that stuff right you know
0: but was it better in America
2: is yeah it was okay yeah cuz yeah cuz because my grandfather was a lawyer, and then Castro wouldn't let him practice law. So, him and his buddies made a furniture company, and then Castro basically made it difficult for them to. Castro basically just made it difficult for anyone that didn't. <laughs> that wasn't going to play the game.
0: How did he have time to harass so many individual people?
2: Well, it was his life. It hard. wasn't just him, you know, yeah, I know. he had some help. <laughs> I know. Um,. But yeah, and I'm, I'm not an expert on Cuba, but I have been there. I did go there and, you know, I saw what I saw. I was both a tourist and like a just kind of chasing ghosts um, around there to, to no avail. I think I found the school my dad went to. Like when they left, they left everything. So there's no pictures. There's no addresses. Like I didn't know anything.
0: Well, also, and I know that you went there at a time when like now travel is open.
2: It's less open than it was. I went in 2013, you know, during the wonderful Obama years.
0: It's less open now. I thought Cuba was open to American tourism now. Anyway, I'm, I I don't don't know know. either. Um, but I know that you had to come through Canada because you came and stayed with us, which was fun.
2: Yeah. Um, I met Rowdy Rowdy Piper the night before I went to Cuba.
0: (laughs) We did. We (laughs) We both hung out with Rowdy Rowdy Piper that night. Um, there's a hopeful man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he was lovely. He was great. Um, yeah, and I made it look like this was what my life was always like to Tony. But um <laughs> Um the the chasing ghost thing was I don't know. Um did you what did you what were you expecting to get out of that trip?
2: Um, that's a really good question. That is a good question. You know, like what do they say? So my dad never really talked about Cuba that much, right? And there's that I forget what it's called. Hanson's law, maybe is what it's called. It's something like the grandson seeks to discover what the father seeks to forget or something. It, it's yeah. The, the, the grandson seeks to remember what the, okay what the son wants to forget. So yeah, my dad didn't really ever talk about Cuba. I, I at this time, my dad has passed. My uncle from Cuba has passed. My grandparents from Cuba have all passed. So I have like, no, I don't know anyone anymore yeah. from there who ever lived there. And they lost contact with people from Cuba in the 70s. Right. You know what I mean? So I didn't have any, like, aunt that I could look up or whatever. I went to the necropolis looking for my last name. You know what I mean? But your
0: last name's not uncommon, is It's it? not
2: uncommon. Correct. Yeah. So i was like maybe
0: maybe all these people are yeah
2: but my grandmother's m- made a name is toll and that is uncommon and so i went to the directory looking for like oh can i find somebody like that and they were like you have to know the name of the day they died and all this like, stuff i didn't know right you know? i didn't have my phone with me you know i <laughs> like yeah it was i didn't bring my phone there. it was 2013 <laughs> i didn't bring my cell phone like yeah. it wasn't gonna work out there and it was
0: a flip phone anyway no. <laughs> I certainly would still have a flip phone in 2013.
2: By then I had to have graduated to the the smartphone Really? I was work cuz I was working like I was working as like a PA and a script supervisor and things so I needed the smartphone for right, work right, right. or whatever blah blah.
0: Um okay. Oh, we should. Uh, did you have a chance <laughs> to think about the question of what's something recently that's making you feel hopeful? Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. So I, this sounds like a weird plug, but my, so my friend Abby, um, she created a show called Work in Progress. It's on Showtime. I worked oh, on it. Do you know that show?
0: You know, I just watched that. You know her? Oh yeah.
2: So she's in Chicago improv from way back and oh. we, we've known each other for forever. She was in a group called Sirens and probably still is. I don't know. If, but, um, yeah, with my girlfriend, Joanna at the time then. So I got to know. Oh, Abby I just through. watched
0: that in Vancouver when I was passing through Vancouver.
2: It's a good show, you uh-huh. think?
0: Yeah, it made me really happy. So
2: so that gives me hope because she's whatever. Who cares how old she She's middle-aged.
0: Yeah. She's my age. She talks about it on the show. She says her age on the show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, her show's very honest. So, it's, so it gives me hope that – and I know what I am. I know I'm a man –
0: Oh, yeah, hate and it. All you should that hate stuff. yourself for it.
2: <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I, I was raised white, you know, even with the Hispanic. Can you even say that word anymore? You know what I You're mean? You're
0: not supposed to say Hispanic?
2: I don't know. I Who knows? You know what I mean? So a Cuban, a Latino, a Latinx. I don't know what Latinx you mean. What am I
0: supposed to listening? not say?
2: I don't know. I think some people get mad because the, there's like the word "spick" is in his, Hispanic. Oh, you know what I mean? Goodness gracious. But I don't know. I don't know. I know that, like, if you listen to – everyone's so – so I don't know. I don't give a shit. (laughs) It doesn't offend me is what I'm saying as someone who was raised white (laughs) in suburban What does raised white mean? It means that – so it means that my dad um, was a Spanish teacher, but he didn't teach me Spanish in the house. And English was spoken in the house. Interesting. And so, so my Spanish was – from high school and that's about it to be
0: quite but honest he purposefully didn't teach you spanish again I, I, I mean obviously yeah
2: i think he wanted me to be an america an american boy to assimilate whatever. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and also i think he didn't want to he really didn't want to remember all that yeah. shit that he saw in cuba you know with tanks running down the street and yeah people disappearing and yeah you know <laughs> that that yeah. heavy crap he was like all right cool it's the 80s you know watch this david letterman guy you, you want to know what's on after johnny carson i think you might like it you know and like yeah I think- yeah
0: so that by the time that you were 12 13 you were making silly david letterman's in your basement and not fleeing a country yeah like this is what he wanted to give you yes exactly oh. yeah
2: i think so and i think that's i think that rings true of a lot of there's 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 not a lot of us but there I I've, I've heard I know I'm not alone in this you know this people that come from other countries their parents came from another country yeah but they're very american you know and mm-hmm. and trying and and that's what I mean by raised white like yeah um
0: well you know my partner Itor yeah he he's hispanic which is what we've been corrected and said we he should be called because he's not latin because right. his family's not from Latin America. Right. They're right. Spanish speakers. Right, But from, from Spain. Spain. And right. his dad's from Argentina, but we were corrected and somewhere in the States when we were touring, and we're told, don't call yourself Latino because you're not. You're Hispanic. By someone who was Latino. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know, it, that's the sideline. I'm just trying to say the right no,
2: thing. No, I know, I know. I. It's so but, exhausting.
0: But his... Family, like they grew up speaking Spanish in the household, so I don't know. I the the immigration was quite different. Like yeah. I his mom, I believe, moved to Toledo first, but for like job opportunities. Interesting. So not fleeing glass well, city. I mean, <laughs> what glass? I think Toledo's glass city. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she also was a Basque woman. Oh, this is very interesting, I guess. She's a Basque woman raised under Franco. So she, weirdly, so there's a Spanish continuity, but she never learned the Basque language oh, interesting. because it was outlawed. Right. So they maintained a Spanish continuity. And now even my nieces and nephew, um, I her sister's kids, uh, she just speaks to them in Spanish and they all speak Spanish, except for the baby
2: who can't speak. And this is in Canada? Yeah.
0: Interesting. But it's such a, but the, just, I don't. And then that is interesting too because I don't know. I'd have to ask my mother-in-law. I should have her on the show. She'd be fascinating. But, um, yeah, it was like a cultural continuity, even though Spanish was forced upon their family in yeah. Spain. They would have known Spanish anyway, and Basque. The, yeah. They would I, have. They wouldn't have just known Basque. I don't think. Kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that's. I've been, I've been up in Basque country, on a tour, and it was it was. Definitely different than South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was wild. I liked it.
0: Um, but anyway, sorry. But we-
2: interesting side note, though. My yeah. mother, who was like we, I talked about from Iowa, et cetera, uh, Irish Catholic, but she is fluent in Spanish. <laughs> I mean, that's how she met my dad, like in at the University of Iowa, with Spanish classes.
0: This is a very interesting <laughs> situation. But those,
2: so those two would speak Spanish, you know, when I was a kid, whenever they... You know, they could talk freely. So there was also maybe That's some of that going on, too.
0: <laughs> bizarre.
2: You know, they wanted to talk about things that they didn't want me to know about.
0: And so they used Spanish they as, would use as Spanish. a secret language. Yeah.
2: And to me, I was eight years old and it was like, all I cared about was like, when is the Brady Bunch right. on, which was in syndication.
0: <laughs> oh, no, <you laughs> it should. wasn't an original run. I'm not that old. Well, you already said when your dad emigrated. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh but back to this the show work in progress yes
2: yes yes no
0: we've been this is wonderful digressing is good
2: uh it just gives me hope that yeah that somebody that's not um in their 20s or whatever it is you know somebody middle-aged that has stayed true to their perspective you know and their point of view and their story yeah can get it you know recognized and get it made and
0: and i'm i i recommend everybody watching this what's do you know what it's on
2: it's on season so it got picked up for season two no i meant like
0: what platform showtime okay so in canada that's crave canadians listening
2: whoa there's no showtime in canada
0: (laughs) it's too complicated to explain (laughs) things get acquired by different distributors and is crave with a c or a k uh, c because k would be too much like the kkk you can't do that anymore wait did they outlaw k's <laughs> yeah we don't have k's in canada anymore we're really progressive special special k is just called special cereal special c. <laughs> um <laughs> uh anyway so where are we at uh, showtime, oh, work yeah. in progress. So you should see. Crave. It. I, I don't crave. I don't want to um, give any spoilers because the moments that are fantastic are really fantastic. But like, there's some comedy constructed into it that could only be done from her perspective.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And um, extremely specific things that are very funny that wouldn't cannot exist without her. Yeah. Without the combination of all the things that she is. And that I found extremely beautiful.
2: Yeah. 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 She's a, a self described, she calls herself like a fat 45 year old dyke or something like that. Yeah. And like this, she's not a
0: lesbian. She's a Butch dyke or something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, she is a lesbian, right? But she says that but at yeah. a certain
0: point in the show. Yes.
2: Yes. Exactly. No, or she's yeah, you not know the a show, Butch. Yeah. She's a
0: queer dyke. Yeah. So queer, not lesbian. So, and that I, there's some things like I'll spoil if I go too far into that.
2: Yeah, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, some, a good, good there's some good jokes it's, that I'll ruin if I go
2: too far into that. It's a good that. show. But I mean, but like for, I mean, this is a thread and I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but like she would, this would happen to her in real life where she would get mistaken for yeah. a man. And she does deal with the character Pat from Saturday Night Live, Julia Sweeney's character, and Julia Sweeney's in it. Not, that's not a spoiler really. Um, but she confronts things like, so the show deals a lot with, yeah, gender fluidity and giving also uh, a spotlight to, to that world, Yeah, you know, um, and uh, and
0: allowing that world to also exist in communication with itself instead of in communication with like
2: straight world. Right. Which we, we rub in that a little bit, but it's mostly about it's yeah, you, yeah it's mostly you, inter like you say
0: yeah and like the and like the straight people are secondary yeah right it, it, and if they're there they've been selected to be there as a sounding board or a bouncing off element which is new and wonderful
2: yeah uh, so i got to work on that show as the script supervisor and that was just a really great um time and we're yeah, and then season two's shooting this summer, so I'm <gasps> I'm hopeful about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. so I'm so glad you brought that up. That's a perfect thing. <laughs> well, um, I think that's it for the time. That was a wonderful interview, Tony.
2: Well, thanks, Becky. Thank you very much. I'm proud or whatever the word is to be I'm honored.
0: Honored to be Nah man, you're American. Be proud. <laughs> <laughs> be a proud American boy. <laughs> I'm fucking proud yeah. as fucking that's shit. Right. <laughs> there we go.
2: Um, <laughs> to be your first American
0: oh uh, so you talked about some of your projects where can we find them
2: okay yeah there's yeah there's too many to be I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it concise uh for comedy check out a complete waste of your time and money it's me and Linda Orr and it's fun and weird and stupid and my music
0: and it, that's on YouTube
2: that'll be on YouTube yeah yeah banned from funny or die
0: <laughs> you were <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, Funnier Die took all the all the videos off that people submitted. So oh. we, we say that we were banned.
0: Oh fun. Good. You know,
2: very good. Kind of like Faces of Death, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're we're doing that
2: faces of death thing.
0: Another very specific <laughs> reference that I got. Okay. And
2: then my music, I have a band my current band is called The French Goodbye, and uh we're on, you know, the all the streamings that you do. Your Spotify's, your Apple musics, your Etc.
0: Your band camp? I'm on band camp too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the French goodbye.
0: Um, and those are the things. Okay, cool. Those are the things. Okay, good. And then just look up Tony Mendoza's name in general.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, I'm not, you're going to be the first on there,
0: but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to figure out, take your, do an take. image search, try to see which one matches up with the voice you just heard. And yeah. Get into that picture. It'll probably be the guy that paints cats, but I'll take it. <laughs> Is that real? hmm Oh, I'm so excited to look that up. (laughs) Photographs. Photographs, cats. Sorry. (laughs) Edit. I won't edit it. (laughs) Bye, Tony. Bye, Becky. Thank you. Bye, people. The H Word podcast is produced by Stacy McGunigal for the Shop. Follow the Shop on Instagram at the underscore shop to. Artwork this week by Anime Henry, and our theme music is always by Laura Barrett. For information on all our artists and our guests, please follow us everywhere at the H Word Pod.